Thank you for tuning in to Morning Moments with Pastor Bruce Goddard from Faith Baptist Church. We pray that this is a blessing to you. Great to have you with us today. Bruce Goddard here at Faith Baptist Church in Wildemar, California. A little over 40 years God has allowed my wife and I to be here since we first walked under the, the, uh, the county, not just the city, but we'd never been in Riverside County before. And in August of 1982, we came here and started knocking on doors and uh, just giving out the gospel, soul winning, inviting people to church, winning people here and there. And there's nothing special about us. We worked hard <clears throat> and um, we've been blessed and uh, God has been so good. And, and after these little over 40 years, um, my wife and I still go out each week knocking on doors and we still go out visiting prospects and seeing people in the baptistry. And um, God has just been so good to us. And we're spoiled by His mercy. And uh, it's, a, it's a difficult world we live in. We are on enemy territory. We are sent to be ambassadors for Christ. An ambassador is someone who's in a foreign land. And we're to carry the baton of our Master. We're to represent Him we're to get his message out to the people in the foreign land where we are we're to represent a our king in a foreign land and so it is different it's awkward and the, the closer you are to the king the more awkward life will be but it's a great life uh, i just want to take just a very brief thought this morning and this is something that i address on occasion but i am am concerned how often um god's people struggle with um, bitterness and forgiveness and, and love and um, you know we uh, I guess we don't have enough Bible in us I'm not sure what but there there ought to be um, we ought to flood ourselves with the Word of God that we would think like God thinks that we would feel not just do it because it's right but I really don't want to do it but we should want to do it um, obedience is one thing Christ likeness is another Obedience is, I'd like to punch you in the nose, uh, but I won't because God doesn't want me to. Christ-likeness is, I don't want to punch you in the nose, even though you may deserve it. And, and there's the difference. And uh, there, and obedience is pleasing to God. There's no question about it. But old Christ-likeness in 2 Corinthians 3, I think it's down to chapter 3, verse 16 or so, we all with open face, beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord are changed into the same image even as by the Spirit of God, from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of God, where it's like as we read the Word of God, His image is implanted on us. And if you read His Word and meditate on His Word, what happens is, is little by little, you start becoming like Jesus, and you you will begin to, to look at things the way He would look at them, to feel the way He would feel, to respond the way He would respond, and all oh, the longing of my soul is that I might be Christ-like, and, and I know I'm frail and weak in that, in that but in, in some areas I'm better than others. I don't understand it all. I just know that I want to be like Him, and that I could just know Him and act like Him. But over here in, in Genesis chapter 50, most of you know the story of Joseph. He's been sold as a slave. His brothers hated him. They were going to kill him. They said, no, why should we kill him? Let's sell him and get some money. They sold him for a handful of coins to these um, merchant men coming along. Well, they sell him down in Egypt. Potiphar buys him. And, you know, God's with him and prospers him. And 
Potiphar's wife lies about him, and he ends up being thrown in prison. And uh, then from prison, he serves and does right. God's with him, and then he ends up second in command um, over the kingdom. Thirteen years, I believe it was, from when he was sold to when the all, the good was going on. His brothers go down, and and um, about about from seventeen years old to thirty years old, the the time period. And there's seven uh, blessed years, prosperity, and then there's seven terribly difficult years. Uh, um, the, the world starving to death, a great, great famine. His brothers come down not knowing anything about Joseph. They just come down knowing they'd heard there's food in Egypt. And, and, uh, and I hope you'll read the story in the last chapters of Genesis. And these brothers came down just thinking they might be able to buy some food. And they were, their, their um, herds were starving and their families were at risk. <laughs> so they they uh, they come down and and uh, long story if you haven't read it I encourage you to read it but eventually they find out the one in charge their brother and and he's so good to him and he takes care of him and they get their dad and everybody down seventy of them total of the children of Jacob end up down in Egypt and then dad dies um, the twelve brothers. Um, their dad's gone, and now the, the 11 brothers who sold Joseph, they said, oh, we're in trouble now. Joseph's going to kill us. He's going to destroy us, and on and on. And in uh, Genesis chapter 50, they come to their brother seeking forgiveness, and they do it in a, in a roundabout sort of way. Um, and, uh, you know, your dad, before he left, before he died, he wanted you to forgive us, and on and on. And, and uh, I don't know how how honest they were being they were scared to death that's for sure and um, when they said those things in verse 17 of Genesis 50 um, you know dad said uh, Joseph would you forgive the, 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 the trespass of your brethren and the evil that they did and and Joseph as he heard those words he just began to cry and uh, they fell on each other's shoulders and wept and but in verse 19 is such a great verse and uh, Genesis 50:50 verse 19 and Joseph said to them fear not for am I in the place of God uh, just a couple of simple principles number 1 God is the one who takes vengeance and Joseph said I'm not God it's not my job to take vengeance that's not my job that's like a I can't write tickets for people who speed on the freeway it's not my job uh, I can't command the Air Force. I'm not an Air Force officer. Um, it's not my job. And Joseph said, "Fear not, for am I in the place of God?" I, I, it was just, it was a, a statement of of shock. How could I do this? It's not my job. It's not my place. But he goes on in verse 20. As for you, you thought evil against me, but God meant it unto good, to bring to pass as it is this day to save much people alive. Um, so. First of all, Joseph felt it was not his job to get even. It wasn't his job to punish his brothers. Um, we can trust God to take care of things. You know, the Bible talks about vengeance is mine, God said, and and uh, we're not to seek vengeance. And uh, But secondly, Joseph was godly enough to understand that God had a plan even though evil men hurt him. It's difficult. It's, in fact, it's impossible that we could uh, possibly know all of the emotions and all of the things that are going on in uh, in uh, Joseph's heart during those 13 years. It would be impossible. But one thing we know for sure 
is is it was hard. But God was not dead, and God had a great and wonderful plan. So we see that uh, God meant it unto good. So number one, it's not my job to get even with you. Number two, God has a plan when evil people um, harm us. God's not dead. God knows what's going on, and he's certainly capable of Romans 8, 28, all things working together for good. But there's a third thing we see. The suffering of Joseph was to be used to save others. The end of verse 20, to bring to pass as it is this day to save much people alive. Now, kingdoms were saved. Um, countless people's lives were saved because of Joseph's hurt. But he kept trusting in God during his hurt. He didn't become a rebel. He didn't hate God. He didn't run from God. He didn't get bitter at God. And God used him. To save many people and and that's the same thing for you and me this trial happened this cancer this car accident this injustice this bankruptcy this divorce whatever it might be God has a plan to use those things <coughs> excuse me God has a plan to use our trials uh, my secretary she's in heaven now but Nancy Mitchell my dear secretary 25 years she started working for me She's my mother's age, and what a blessing she was to me. And she literally devoted herself to this church and to helping put my my world in order, and where would I have been without her? Um, when the Bible says it's not good that a man be alone, it's not just marriage. It's in the office as well. And God put Nancy Mitchell in my life to put so many things in order. But... Um, after, I don't know all the story, the, the details, she didn't spend a lot of time, but um, her husband left her, and, and uh, she was very alone, and, and actually she said she was suicidal. I didn't hear that till later, but she had thought of killing herself. Her youngest son had just turned 18. Her husband just walked out on her, and, and she didn't know what to do, and she'd never held a, a job outside the home, and her heart broke, and she was a, she was a wreck, and she came, and and uh, came to church and uh, got saved. Um, I, rem I remember I baptized her on my birthday. And uh, but you know her hurt became a tool. She was able to lead so many people to Christ. I just I don't I, hundreds and hundreds and maybe thousands. I don't know. She was such a faithful soul winner. But also she taught Sunday school and junior church, and she took her hurt and. And the hurt that put her, number one, she and, and she she had been a faithful church member at a Methodist church in, in uh, Fullerton or somewhere in the city there. And um, she'd been a choir member. She was faithful to that church, but had no idea if she was going to heaven or not. She came out to our church, got saved, baptized, and started living for God, learned to win souls. I remember she came to me one day. She said, Pastor, I just don't have the time to read my Bible. I'm working all these hours and commuting to work. And, I'm, and I said, well, do you read anything? And she said, well, I read the, the L.A. Times every, I don't know, it was every day or whatever, often cover to cover. She'd read everything. And I said, well, maybe we've got to cut out at least part of the L.A. Times and put Jesus in there. And so she, she got where she was reading her Bible over and over and over and teaching Sunday school and going out uh, soul winning. And, and, oh, I remember story after story of her leading people to Christ, sometimes groups of people she led to Christ. You see, her hurt was used like in Genesis 50 verse 20 to save much people alive. God's got a plan. Now, did it did it hurt her? Yes, it hurt her. 
did the hurt ever go away? It might, might have never gone away. Being abandoned is, I just can't think of anything harder to, to bear than to be abandoned. But I'll say this, uh, we have a God who will use our hurt for his glory and to save other people. My son's cancer. He's been able to talk to people. We have people in church that the reason he was able to win an entire family to Christ is because he went through his two bouts of cancer and he knew exactly what they were going through. And he could say things I could never say because he suffered as they suffered. Uh, and he went through chemo and radiation and then again and then a stem cell transplant and then, uh, oh, this, the, this, the, all that he went through is just so difficult to even grasp. See, Paul the Apostle said something like this in Philippians chapter 1, verse 12. I would that you should understand, brethren, that the things which have happened unto me... Now, that's arrest and jail and being put in a prisoner's ship and shipped over to Rome. The things which have happened to me have fallen out rather to, unto the furtherance of the gospel. Paul had suffered, but oh, the great things God did... And if we would get focused on our hardships and our hurt helping us <clears throat> save others, it would be so much different. Uh, we're choking in America on self-help, yoga and med meditation and natural remedies and gyms and spas and diet plans while the world's going to hell. I'd rather, <clears throat> I believe God would rather a man be a fat man and unhealthy living on junk food and go out to the world soul winning than be a healthy person who sits around in a detox program cleansing their inward parts while they never pass out a track or witness. Um, God cares about the lost souls in this world. Uh, whatever it is you faced, if you will give it to God and you'll commit it to God and you'll love him like Joseph did, God, number one, um, he'll take care of getting even if there is anything that needs to be done. Number two, um, God... There in verse 20, we, we read earlier in Genesis 50, verse 20, um, God means it for good. Um, God's got a plan, and don't don't think he's, he's forgotten about you. There's a plan in your suffering. And three, God will use you to get people saved. And um, it might be a Sunday school class, or it might be a bus route, or a jail, or a rest home service. Uh, maybe you were orphaned, or maybe uh, some. If you were abandoned, raised by grandparents, or whatever, you know, there's some poor forgotten child that rode the bus next Sunday. Uh, that'll ride the bus next Sunday. They'll hear your message, <clears throat> and they'll love it, and and they'll they'll love God because of your hurt. I don't think God can't use our hurt as a tool to help others. You you commit the hard things to to God's divine will. Rest in His goodness. Rest in His plan, and trust Him. He is faithful. And he'll take your hurt, and he, he will make it a great blessing to others. And all the joy you'll have sharing your testimony as you help others through your hurt. Have a great day.